And I got to thinking, I wonder how often, how long do I really pray for mercy? He promises in his word that his mercies are new every day. But do I ask for them every day? Hello, I'm Pastor JP. Welcome. We are so glad you are checking us out online. We hope the word you're about to hear is an encouraging point in your life today. So we're praying for you. We love you. Stay tuned. I'm in the middle of something. Not right now. I'm in the middle of something important. Can't you tell I'm in the middle of a call or, oh, I wish they just wouldn't, I wish they wouldn't do that. I'm, all, I'm already in, in the middle of dealing with, with 10 other things on my plate. I'm in the middle of, of the, I'm in the middle of the, I'm in the middle of this. If I weren't in the middle of, can't they see I'm in the middle of? I wish, not, I wish I wasn't always in the middle of. And have you ever noticed that everything is always a mess in the middle? It's always a mess in the middle. That project is always a mess in the middle. The relationship's always a mess in the middle that Vacation is always a mess in the middle. Seasons of change. It's always a mess in the middle. That hardship is always a mess in the middle. That new job is a mess in the middle. That heartache is a mess in the middle. Marriage, parenting, that football game, you name it, it's a mess in the middle. Life keeps throwing all kinds of situations, situation after situation, and we keep finding ourselves in the middle of, and sometimes in the middle of several things at the same time. And you can't go back, because when you're in the middle of something, that's, uh, that's the problem. You know you're in the middle because you, you are so far into it you can't go back now. You can't go back to the beginning. And you know you're in the middle because at the moment you are powerless to move forward on your own. And so it's rarely nice and tidy in the middle. And you get to the point where you're in the middle and you feel like you've had it up to like here. You ever said that? I've had it up to here. You feel choked, crowded. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the, the exact idiom, the, the word picture the psalmist is painting here at the beginning of 123, in verses 3 and 4. For we have endured no end 
the literal translation, our throats are full, choked of contempt. We are choking on this mess. What a picture. How, how many of us in this room today, be honest and say, I'm in a messy middle today. I'm in a messy middle. The, mess, the, the message paraphrase Bible, the message paraphrase Bible puts a couple of verses like this. We've been kicked around long enough, kicked in the teeth, kicked when we're down. That's a messy middle. You know, this, I'd be honest with you, these few verses have been hard to figure out how to preach. I, I really have struggled all week. It kind of hit me this morning. No wonder you're having a hard time figuring out how to preach this. It's like trying to figure out how to preach a song. This stuff was sung. There is deep feeling and emotion, raw. There's a reason why they sung this stuff and not necessarily said this stuff. So they in the middle of something, which is quite appropriate around Psalm 24. 123, 124, 125, because in the ascent, okay, we have now gotten off on our journey. We kind of now in the middle of the journey. We're on our way, but life is happening. And now we're starting to feel crowded and choked with all that is coming at us, with all that's happening around us and maybe even some things that are happening within us. And so then the psalmist rolls into 124. And the psalm 124 is unlike any other psalm in the whole book of Psalms. It is not like any other. It's hard to tell in the English. It's hard to tell in our language. But it is unlike any other song in the whole book of Psalms. It is a communal song. It is written like a song that is supposed to be sung communally, but it is written the way, the style that it is written, it is written like an individual song is written. Whoever wrote this song broke protocol. They broke protocol. They messed it up. They messed it. Something's weird going on here. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's like this was written like someone's individual praise for God. This was someone's story. And then, and then enough people identified with it that someone came along and said, you know what? We recognize this. We can identify with this. I'm going to, I, I can, and somehow it translated it and, and turned it into a communal song 
so it could become everybody's praise. So it could become, but they didn't, but they, they should have, they, they didn't change the format because they had a format of how they did communal songs versus how they did individual singing. There was a way those songs were written, and this wasn't it. But they kept it in this one. It's really unique. Because how many of you know? Not everybody be in the same messy middle you were in sometimes. So others, they might not understand when you break protocol at the moment. They might not understand why you shout a little louder or why you break down and cry in worship or prayer. They, don't, they might not understand why you've got joy and pain or they might not understand why you go to 17 different church events a month. They might not understand why you lean so heavily on your faith. But then... When enough of your circle or your, your, your community, when enough of them find themselves in the middle, and then all of a sudden they need to interact and tap into some faith and some real, like, heavenly power, now, suddenly, the singing and the clapping and the testifying and the church going and the Bible believing and the praying and the shouting, it, well, now, all of a sudden, that don't seem so strange. And so, the, the individual song starts to sound a whole lot like a corporate song. What was... What sounded like, oh, that's your, that seems very personal. It now all of a sudden sounds very communal, very corporate. You see? So that's why the psalmist 124, it's like he says. So he rolls right into it. Are you with me? Well, somebody talk to me. Am I, am, I, am I doing all right? So the psalmist gets into 124. And he goes, if it had not been for the Lord... And he's like, now sing, Israel. you got to sing this thing. If it had not been for the Lord, as if to say, I may be in the middle, but at least we're moving. In verses 2 and 3, hey, when people attacked, if it hadn't been for the Lord, we would have been swallowed up. It would have eaten us alive because you know what? We can't control people. We can't control what other people do. We can't help what other people do. But we got an awful big God. Verse 4 and 5, the flood would have engulfed us if it hadn't been for the Lord. 
would have been swept away. Because you know what? We can't control natural disasters. We can't control it. But isn't this something? Isn't this something how tornadoes just kind of hit one house but not yours? The next one and not yours. Isn't this something? Isn't this something? Had not been for the Lord. Isn't this something? You walk away from vehicles mangled, torn apart, and you walk away with barely a scratch. If it had not been for the Lord. Verse 6 and 7. From the fowler's snare, if it had not been for the Lord, the snare had been broken and we have escaped. That was a little bit more tricky. So you got to know a little bit of Hebrew. You got to know a little bit of idiom to know that one. What's he talking about there? He's talking about being ensnared or trapped by lies or deceit or even by siege from social or political forces. People scheming or even whole cities being held captive by outside forces. Someone tries to snuff you out. It had not been for the Lord. He can break that snare. He can break that trap. So if it had not been for the Lord, where would you be? Where would we be? So from verse 1 all the way to verse 8, it goes, but let the people of God say, our maker is our helper. Our maker is our helper. And so, again, challenges us, like at the very beginning, verse 1 of 123, I lift my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in the heavens, enthroned in the heavens. And remember, we talked about this, the, the deities of the days in which this was written, the deities of those, those days, they... They, most of the deities were kind of vindictive, mean-spirited, and, and slumbering types who were aloof that you sometimes, you had to appease and, and be very uh, 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 gentle and appeasing. But Israel's God, Israel's God, our God, in stark contrast, despite being Lord of the cosmos, our God still gets up close. You see the difference? Oh, oh we lift our eyes to, the, to you who, still, who is sitting enthroned in the heavens, but he is still close. If it hadn't been for the Lord, 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 he is cosmic, but he's still close. He's Lord of the heavens and my home. He's present in the heavens and at my house. He's with you at the beginning. He's with you the end, but he's also with you in the messy middle. That's what it's saying. And it's unique that he's saying it, 123, 124, 125, Think of it like 124 is the messy middle. He's saying it right. Hey, you got to talk to yourself in the messy middle. You got to remind yourself 
You, you think you're in a mess right now, but think of where you would be if not for the Lord. So, so, the, so it's like the, the psalmist gets you all stirred up. Remember, if it had not been for the Lord, if it hadn't been for the Lord, if it hadn't been for the Lord, and so now he stirs you up and then he moves us into 125. And he's like, so you, you find yourself in that messy middle. Those who trust in the Lord cannot be shaken. The Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. All right, I received that promise. But how long do we have to walk in the middle? Just like 125 says, the scepter of the wicked is waving around everywhere, it seems. But it also says the scepter of the wicked will not remain. See, God loves you so much that he got as close as he possibly could. That he entered humanity as one of us. All of God taking on all of us. And in doing so, on the cross, taking on all of our sin and nailing it on that cross by his hands and feet made a way for us so that, like at the end of 125, so that we can turn from crooked ways and have upright hearts. Simply by accepting that we sin, believing that he paid for it on the cross, died, buried, and rose from the grave. And if we confess that he is Lord of the cosmos and Lord of my life unto the uttermost that I'm saved to. Now, your faith journey might not always be an easy one. And we will cycle through seasons of messy middles after messy middles after messy middles. But it's in the messy middles where God's mightiest mercies tend to be on display. But this is where I take you back to 123. In the imagery of the servant's hands outstretched. You remember we read that at the beginning. Sometimes that's the hardest one to try to, try to explain. But it's quite simple, see. The psalmist begins with, with the servant's hands lifted out to their master, crying out for mercy, looking for somebody to look, not for just somebody, for the master, looking for the master to take hold of their hand and they're crying mercy. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us mercy. Till, till he shows us mercy. Because that's what trust is in the middle. Trust is keeping your posture of petition into the moment of his intervention. It's not giving up or giving in or slacking off. It's not compromising 
Jesus' outstretched hands were pierced. His body lifted up on a cross. He received no mercy from his crucifixion, making a permanent way, a lasting way for us to stretch out our hands and to cry mercy and to freely receive it. I think we can hold out just a little bit longer. I think we can keep the posture of petition and hang in there. That cry for mercy, that hana, mercy. It's not just mercy as in, in a, just in a spiritual sense. It's a holistic word. It's mercy in a holistic sense. It's all-encompassing, almost in the same sense of shalom. It's, it's, it is it is a, it's a mercy extended in every single way, all in kind. And so a mercy cry is like an all-encompassing plea for miracles all around. And I got to thinking, I wonder how often, how long, do I really pray for mercy? He promises in his word that his mercies are new every day. But do I ask for them every day? Do I hold out with my hand outstretched? Do I have the posture of petition? Until his intervention. Mercy cry is an all-encompassing plea for miracles while you're still in the middle. And I don't know about you. Who could use some miracles in the middle? It could be as simple as a cry for mercy. Cry for mercy while you're along the way. As you came in, hopefully you were given the bread and the cup. I thought it was just the befitting way to close this morning's service. As the worship team comes. If you didn't receive, if you'll just lift your hands, the ushers will come now and We have a few who still need the bread and the cup. But if you'll take that in your hand, we make ourselves ready. So now knowing what we know, I want to read this again. If you need the bread and the cup, lift your hands and our ushers will make sure that you have it. And as you have the bread and the cup in your hands, just listen to these words. Let God's word speak to you today. I lift up my eyes to you. 
to you who sit enthroned in heaven. The eyes of a servant look to the hand of their master. The eyes of a servant look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. For we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. The scepter of the wicked remain, will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart, but those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. Peace be on you. Thanks for joining us again. We hope today's word was a blessing to you, maybe even challenged and inspired you. We'd love to connect with you, serve you in any way. Go to mynorthside.church, click the link for us to connect. We are praying for you. We believe that God has great things in store for you. We'll see you next time.